Welcome to another episode of the India Independent Films Podcast. This is our first uh, episode of the new year, which hopefully will be a better year. Uh, I have with me again uh, Tanul Thakur, um, who is the film critic for The Wire. I also have with me our other very good friend Uday Bhatia, film critic for Mint Lounge. Um, yeah, so we today are going to be talking uh, about a non-Hindi film, a non-Indian film for a change. Uh, it is... Netflix's new film, which has, uh, which is in discourse lately, it's been the talk of the town. Pieces of a Woman, uh, directed by I cannot pronounce the Hungarian filmmaker's name, Cornel Muntrusso. So I'm going to, we are going to call him Cornel throughout the podcast. Uh, sorry about that, Cornel, if you ever listen. <laughs> High hopes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's written by uh, Keita <laughs> Weber, who, who, who I believe uh, is also his partner in real life. And yeah, we are going to talk about the uh, about that a little later in the podcast. So, pieces of a woman, uh, as we know, it released last week. It's it's uh, it's been very well reviewed here. Uh, it's oddly got mixed reviews in the West, which we will also discuss later. Uh, it's about uh, a couple in Boston who go through a tragedy very early in the film. Uh, the the uh, there's a tragedy at childbirth. Uh, they lose their newborn, and uh, the entire film is about. Um, uh, the woman Martha and uh, and you know their relationship them uh, the uh, over the next uh, <clears throat> couple of months. It's I think um, it unravels over seven or eight months in Boston over winter and spring, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much a one line of the film. So and it's also one of the rare films all three of us have reviewed, which is a great thing because it's actually uh, the first film I've loved this year, which is which is a great thing. Uh, and and I was actually looking forward to this film since I heard about it or read about it at Venice, where um, I think Vanessa Kirby, who's you know who's very well known for playing Princess Margaret on the Crown, she won Best Actress there. So we are going to discuss this film today. Uh, let's start with you there. Ude, I read your piece today. You wrote about that um, very <clears throat> famous, now very famous uh, one take at the beginning of the film. Uh, which is basically a woman giving birth uh, in her house. It's a home birth and includes a husband and a midwife. Uh, it's like almost a 25 to 28 minute long take. And uh, it's it's the talk of the year. It was talk of last year's talk of this year. Um, Uday, why don't we start with you? Like, uh, what were your first impressions of the film? And of course, we'll get to the long take. Um, I really, really liked your piece. And uh, that's that's something... That's something I couldn't get out of my head. That long take, do you think that long take has stayed with people more than the film itself because of, you know, the, the way, I mean, that that has been the criticism of the film for uh, as many reviews I've read so far. Yeah, uh, I, I do think so for that. Uh, I mean, for me, that has been the case, though it's been very few days for me, so I don't know what exactly will mm. stay with me. But I do think that the uh, the that one scene which lasts 23 minutes uh, yeah. and is the whole uh, process of childbirth and delivery is just such a powerful scene that I, I I don't know if the rest of the film can quite match up but we'll come to that part later mm. but uh, it's a uh, it's just an uh, it's an unbelievable scene because we are thrown into it with just about having been introduced to uh, to Sean, uh, who's played by Shia LaBeouf, and Martha, uh, who's played by Vanessa Kirby. 
and uh, they're uh, you know they're they're excited they're uh, kind of slightly um, uh, from different worlds he's a blue collar worker she's an executive uh, her mother doesn't like him and they've uh, so they and they they have like different sort of styles and uh, they uh, it's uh, but but you can see that they also have like this great chemistry and when she starts going into labor he's uh, you know he's he's right there he's making her laugh he's trying to distract her and uh, the thing that happens uh, very early on in in that scene and this is probably even before a lot of us realize that it's going to be a one take scene is that the midwife uh, whom they had uh, they, they had sort of uh, kept for the home birth she uh, is busy with another uh, delivery and they have to get a substitute midwife so that's the the first mm. sign of something not going according to plan and uh, it just it just goes on from there and uh, martha of course is in incredible pain but we don't know whether this is a pain of a normal delivery or whether something is going wrong but there are there are increasing signs as as the scene progresses that something uh, is isn't quite right and uh, and that keeps escalating and uh, it's it's just an incredible uh, sort of physical performance especially by kirby uh, it's just uh, you know it's uh, gets uh, scary almost uh, at a point uh, and uh, it's uh, and uh, it sort of builds to uh the point at which the baby is actually then delivered but then it uh, the baby starts turning blue and uh, <clears throat> the uh, ambulance is called and uh, the scene cuts at that point and we later know mm. uh, we later find out that the baby uh, didn't make it mm. yeah uh, tanul um, talk about the scene at least as uday said you know very rightly it hits us right at the bat at the beginning of the film I, and you know even i have i mean the first thing i wondered uh, and you know and uday even you were talking about it is i mean we we don't realize till probably 2 or 3 minutes into the shot that it's actually they are going to go for a one take and that's when i think uh, even as a viewer i think that's when our sort of heartbeat start heart rate start, starts to go a little crazy and that's when you know as a viewer when you see a one take the entire uh, the, you get immersed in a very different way in a film right you immediately sort of uh, it's a very different uh, sort of it gives you a very different feeling it's like watching that film victoria we watched and mommy a couple of years ago four five years ago uh, it's just we watch it on a very different dimension and because of that our excitement Uh, our level of sort of thrill and our you know our pulse rate sort of goes through the roof because we know what the filmmakers are trying to accomplish so that suspense of the one take hoping that they don't fail in it is directly related for me to the to the suspense of childbirth and that's that's why i felt like it was a very smart thing to make it a one take uh, sort of short tanul talk about the one take and how it sort of affected you right off the bat yeah i mean <clears throat> 
I mean, to begin with, I am a big sucker for. I mean, like many uh, cinephiles or critics or whatever, I'm a I'm a big sucker for one take uh, shots. I mean, I even <laughs> fucking like the manufactured plasticky one take and extraction. You know, where <laughs> shit is disguised and all of that in different uh, ways. So, <laughs> so I'm a little biased. I think uh, extraction came out in April. I, I I I sort of really revisited my thoughts on the on that scene itself. And Thomas Flight had a had a brilliant video essay on it and 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 then i sort of just revisited my uh, i mean different uh, one take shots that i'd loved and and you know uh, trying to sort of uh, realign my love and uh, fondness for one takes uh, so i thought i tempered uh, that down a bit and i'd sort of become more realistic but uh, in this which is a genuinely very good one take after 4 5 minutes you are like oh fuck it's happening it's happening and then well it's love <laughs> anyway so uh, i mean there are a few things really uh, uh, struck out in this uh, so the first is that i mean this one take has a i thought had a proper three act structure so to speak i mean it it in itself tells a story you know it uh, as there was mentioning it sort of sets up the stakes right at the start that you know something bad is going to happen uh, it gives you a reason for that and then it sort of slowly builds through it so that's one i thought that was really smartly done i was a little wary of the fact that uh, it may sort of follow a predictable trajectory not just the one take itself but also the film i had not seen the trailer of the film and i had not read anything on it uh, before watching it but i somehow got the sense that okay this is a film about a family uh, and something goes horribly wrong that was the sense with which i i think i'd approached and even the 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 one liner on the on uh, on the netflix synopsis kind of stated that and uh, and then you get and then you immediately get the sense that okay there's a childbirth involved something is not going to go right and in the middle i thought that okay i mean uh, this kid is not going to survive and 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 then i started to think on the lines of okay isn't this slightly predictable and things like that i mean slightly trivial concerns but i really like the fact that you know i mean they show the childbirth shawn clicks pictures and all of that so it it settled me and i thought okay this is uh, i mean this is fine and then boom that happens right i mean the baby turns blue and and then you are back in it uh, so i really like the fact that uh, they kind of tweaked even for a few seconds uh, mm. uh, the audience expectation from such a scene uh, um, if not from the film itself so i thought that was very smart uh, the fact that it told a story and it told a really compelling story was very smart but what really struck me was the fact that i mean my response uh, to uh, to the take itself or, or the response to martha's labor pain now i feel that um, uh, pieces of a woman is also about how people respond to grief or the way i saw it i th- i also thought it was uh a, a subtle commentary on uh, the kind of gendered responses to grief can be and and in that sense uh i mean as a man or whatever you keep hearing about labor pains uh you hear that i mean obviously that uh, they are terrible and all of that i remember that reading some post or something many years ago that it's equivalent to uh, you know being kicked in your nuts into some whatever 50 10 20 30 times so it, it, I, so the, the fact uh 
um, the fact that how uh, I mean uh, the magnitude of the pain has kind of always been with me. I mean, I, I have often wondered how painful it is, right? Uh, but obviously, there is no way to know. In this, you of course don't know, but you kind of really experience it. You know, I mean, some of the um, shots are uncomfortably close uh, to uh, to Martha, and uh, Kirby is just phenomenal in, in the scene as she is throughout the entire film. And there were a few instances where I literally could not watch the scene. I found it very difficult to watch, and that really gave me not just an overall sense of. uh how painful uh delivering a child is sure i mean uh but also the fact that this is such a pivotal moment in the film right i mean this frames the entire film the entire film hinges on this uh so i really thought that that aesthetic choice was i mean it wasn't gimmicky or it wasn't uh flashy in that sense and and uh, and last point something again that i was quite fascinated by is that i mean there's just bunch of things that are happening right i mean uh, she's kind of breaking into these uh, these lines i mean she's complimenting eva saying her glasses are nice she asks sean whether he's taken the trash out she's talking to herself saying this is embarrassing i would really like to know if these were uh, on the spur uh, lines or were these sort of uh, written uh, in the screenplay itself i have a feeling it's probably the former because i don't know i mean it it just looks like that kind of a performance or a film where you're kind of uh, 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 at times figuring things on the fly especially in the scene because that those things really lend that scene uh, the level of realism uh, that is the that that really complements with every complements everything else that is going on in the scene i think it was just brilliantly done overall yeah i mean uh, yeah, sorry yeah, uh, a detail that i would never have known uh, but like is is like i'll never be able to forget it is the the belching oh, yeah. she 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 keeps belching mm. because mm. she's feeling nauseous yeah. I A had no idea that that would be there, and then she does it like so loudly and so frequently that it. I mean that that sound itself is just like sort of it's sort of like a soundtrack to the scene. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know you look at the scene and you look at the shot and you wonder how the world. history of filmmaking before this has not conceived a childbirth sequence as a one take sequence because i i mean far from from being gimmicky i mean that that's what it comes down to when you see a one take is it gimmicky or not is the other filmmakers trying to show off or not and you know uh, is it really about the story is it or is it about the filmmaking so i, I don't think i've seen you know like sort of an organic marriage of like a feeling of a scene or 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 a feeling of what's Uh, of an experience, a human experience, married to a, a filmmaking or a craft or tool this way, because you know one one of the most cruel thing about the one take sequence, at least for me, was uh, it wasn't a stillbirth. Like they could have very easily done that. At least for a lot of us who knew that you know this this film is about a couple who loses their baby. You know the first thing you think of is you know stillbirth and 
uh, something goes terribly wrong it's like a miscarriage something goes terribly wrong during the pregnancy itself the fact that the filmmakers pushed it right to the edge they gave like as tanul you said you know they, they took us to it was the third act that was an absolutely murderous part where they pushed you to the edge by like you know giving birth the baby was fine for like a yeah. minute or two the, the viewer suddenly lulled into that fake sense of okay maybe it's not so bad maybe in the hospital something might go wrong and then they you know pull you back it's like it's like horror films right like they, they it's like yeah. a double they do in horror films where you get a jump scare it's not what you actually think it is and the actual scare comes like a minute later and and yeah. this was uh, this was just brutal like nobody expected the baby to go blue and you know the yeah. midwife suddenly panicking towards the end of it and exactly that 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 entire third act of off the take itself was just uh, for me that and i can absolutely understand where the conversation is coming from that you know after that the only place for the film or for any film to go is downward uh, but according to me you have to sort of understand that this film is about experiencing grief uh throughout and uh, the, the tragedy itself comes so early in the film life in general even after a tragedy in life uh it's always going to be like a numbing sort of few months or few years you know depending on the magnitude of the tragedy and i feel like the film did a good job of uh, communicating that because you know by telling us that the tragedy is supposed to take you to a certain level as a viewer and take mm. you to the top of film watching experience and then we are going to even let the film sort of taper off and sort of even let you feel that experience of what the couple is going through what the what the woman is going through because you know everything is numbing after tragedy so i thought that was a good sort of it was always like almost like method filmmaking in a way for me and uh, you know it, it's it's only fair to expect that forget the filmmaking the story itself is not going to be about anything after that except grief and grief for most part is unfilmable and i i thought the film did a very uh, good job of it so that you can i mean you can talk about the rest of the I, film because uh, yeah yeah so, but just uh, one last I thing about the scene because ha huh, sorry go ahead tanul nahi 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 theek hai theek hai you finish then i'll do my own vishesh tipani <laughs> uh i i was just i, I don't know if you guys have, uh, could think of any other um, scenes like this one takes but used for dramatic purposes uh because now you know the people have become so adept at using single take scenes you know and and they do it so well that tanul mentioned extraction but like action films do it now all the time and they do it expertly they and you see it on tv uh and and you see it for you know even for like you know in in terms of choreography you know like it will be there in la la land for the opening dance mm-hmm. uh, that that was all one take you no know? so it's uh, I, i i but i they usually fall into two categories uh, both of which are basically meant to show off like the the technical adeptness mm-hmm. of the thing which is like either an action scene or some sort of choreography like birdman or la la land or something or essentially choreography as in moving parts like a lot of different things moving uh, including actors scenery everything uh, and but this was just used for dramatic purposes yet it was a moving camera which again makes it different from like someone like hong sang su uh, who who also has these really long takes but with a static camera so you know the it's it, it, things aren't moving around here it was a very involved sort of thing and things are you know there are elements moving around but again it was not 
I wouldn't say it was a technical uh, uh, single take. It was more like a used for a dramatic purpose. It just keeps you in there because they're not cutting. You're like, this is going somewhere. This is going somewhere. I can't like I can't drop my level of intensity while watching it. And I, I couldn't really think of another scene that had done this so effectively uh, for, like, yeah. forever. I, I do remember one film uh, that sort of comes close. I mean, the entire film is designed uh, like this. Uh, uh, unlike uh, Pieces of a Woman, where there is this one elaborate long take and uh, and the rest of the film is fairly, I mean, the short length is, 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 is pretty normal. I mean, uh, or as far as I remember. So, Dardine Brothers, Two Days, One Night, Mm. Uh, which is again a drama that sort of unfolds uh, within mostly within the four uh, walls right. of a house and I mean you know there are different kinds of negotiations and all of that I mean I could yeah. be wrong I don't really remember the average short length of that film and things like that but I remember being incredibly fatigued uh, uh, in in the first 30 40 minutes of the film and only then it started to dawn on me that uh, that the dardine brothers aren't really cutting uh, in a conversation that there's no short reverse shot happening but they are just panning and it, right. it just sets in you this again so i mean there i think the average uh, average short length would be probably one and a half minutes two minutes or three minutes it's, it's not one of those incredibly long take films as far as i remember so i don't think it's um, or i haven't looked up uh, if there's any discussion uh, of it online uh, but i do remember uh, them maintaining this kind of aesthetics, uh, aesthetic which really set in a certain kind of fatigue in me. And uh, so, I mean, that's one thing that kind of comes uh, to me wherein it's just people talking or things are happening uh, without any sort of elaborate literal song or dance or, or you know, uh, an action set piece sort of unfolding in, in this one large soup. So, I mean, that's that's something that comes to my mind. And you were you were going to say something else before they were speaking. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, something that struck me uh, later is the fact that you know I I really like the fact that how they tied in the third act of the of the uh, long take with the third act of the film itself, or, or or a partial third act of the overall film film. So I mean, uh, um, spoiler alert or whatever, guys. Uh, I think we've been spoiling uh, so, it I mean, since the start. No, no, no. The third act of the film. Anyway, so uh, uh, so when uh, Martha goes to uh, give her mo monologue uh, in the court, right? And there is a lot of discussion. Of, I mean, before the monologue, uh, there's a lot of discussion about whether Eva was the culprit. I mean, you have these uh, prosecutors talking about, you know, she could have done this, she could have done that. She didn't do this, she didn't do that. But the fact is, this shows everything. You know, it's not one of those things. Uh, we were almost literally in the room uh, with them, with Eva. So we we sort of know what's happening. And and when uh, uh, thought about uh, uh, Martha's monologue in that context, it becomes all the more important because then we would be able to catch her lie or not. Or even the fact that when they were sort of, you know, flinging all these accusations uh, at her, I remember, I mean, sort of, I mean, cross-questioning myself, saying that, oh, but this didn't happen. Oh, but she did 
did do this oh but she wasn't at fault you know things like that so i think it's also a very smart bit of foreshadowing and planting some kind of information in the subconscious of the audience when they sort of really come to terms with which i thought was a really prominent uh, uh, motif of the film uh, it 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 really pans out really wonderfully uh, at the end uh, given that they gave us that knowledge at the start of the film and when we weren't aware that this knowledge will take us somewhere uh, in the final understanding of the film or the character itself in some way <laughs> yeah that's that's actually a great point uh, with the third act and uh, yeah i'm and w- what did you guys make of uh, i mean i won't say rest of the film because it's really one film but uh, in general like what how did you look at the film was it like a relationship story or was it uh, for you personally because i mean we've all had different ways of sort of looking at the gaze or the perspective of the film for some it's about only one woman and you know uh, uh, and you know her grief uh, for some it's about a marriage or a relationship for others it's about a daughter and a mother sort of uh, you know a lot of basically a lot of things going on and from what i read at least you know after watching the film and all i i read that it's based on uh, the filmmaker's own experience the director and the writer who you know uh, went their own tragedy when i think uh, um, right. a child of theirs died during you know uh, uh, during a, i don't think i don't know if it was a home birth but you know it was during birth and uh yeah and and i read that you know the wife i'm um, not the wife but like uh, keta weber who's written the film uh, had actually uh, started both of them were going through their own versions of grief and as, as we know it's about sort of a very gendered reaction to grief and she was and both of them were sort of spending the next few months in silence sort of dealing with it on their own and uh, he discovered that she was writing a little here and there about her grief and he decided that you know the, he was stunned because he was on not even close to being on the same page as uh, as it being a male and being you know uh, an almost father so and that's when i guess they decided to take it forward and make it into a film eventually like uh, their grief so i mean that is obviously that is something we read about after the film that it's a very personal experience and they decided to uh, you know turn it into some level of art but what did you guys make of like in general the rest of the film uh i i mean i ek to you have to catch your breath after that thing so i think hmm. for the next 5 minutes after that scene i don't think i was really paying attention i won't be able to tell you like what the next few scenes after that were because i think i was just too like i was my head was still in that scene only that's like the But, characters too right like you would imagine they went through the next few months numbed right like they, they probably didn't even remember how the next few months went because we are introduced yeah. to them some couple of um, probably next year or like 2 3 months or 6 months later and they are yeah. uh, very different from the couple we saw in that one take too yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i i think i liked the less the rest of the film a little less than the two of you mm-hmm. uh not because i think it goes off tonally at mm-hmm. all i think they're uh, they're very good in maintaining like a, a very specific tone throughout the whole thing which is not sentimental it's not like wallowing in grief it's just like the facts of grief are like right out there like it's just not sugar coating it at all not making it uh, in any way sentimental 
but it it just it felt to me like the you know the after coming down after that scene which i i don't think i've seen anything like uh the rest of the film i do feel like i have seen versions of those things even though they may be very specific experiences maybe drawn from their real life experience but the whole you know the 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 two of them having well shawn having an affair martha almost having an affair uh shawn getting back to drugs and uh, you know them not uh, you know not being able to you know get along uh, at all and uh, at the, so the i i feel like i've seen versions of that in in much lesser films like mm-hmm. there was this nicole kidman film called rabbit hole uh, yeah. in which the reactions to the death of a young child are fairly similar her and the husband's reaction in that so for me it was it wasn't like the rest of the film was disappointing in any way it's just that uh, it, it it just could not match up to the way it had uh, started mm. tanu for me it was i mean kind of the opposite i mean of course uh, i found the one take and all of that really powerful very compelling and all of that uh but i don't think that was the highlight for me i i really like the fact that how i mean the film has these different branches and uh, so i mean it sort of i mean it sends you to a path of i mean first there is this how okay how this couple is sort of disintegrating or 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 this sort of you know this sort of rumination on sort of pa- parental grief and things like that which we have seen in a lot of films before i mean uh, they don't they don't do it bad of course uh, the, there is no sort of um, uh i mean i mean they they really stick to their brief and all of that but i really like the fact that how uh i i mean on the surface of of these very visible stories uh which we have sort of seen and you know have heard about and all of that uh, or or i mean uh, there is a, a a very distinct sort of cinematic language or lineage uh for these kinds of trajectories i really like the fact that how that underneath these two big blocks of plot there is this alternate story of how this woman uh, is coming to terms to her grief you know i mean she goes to a bookstore uh, to to check out a book on sprouting and all of that you see her tending to you know these uh, apple seeds in in her fridge and all of that you know uh, these things may not really add up at one go but uh, i think they really so there are these two branches right a what do you do with your grief and b uh, what i mean interrogating the essence of retribution i mean the i these two things i have a lot of personal investment in and in, in in the sense that these two things uh, uh, intrigue me a lot uh, so of course that could have been uh, a reason uh, for me to be invested in this film which is of course the case with any film uh so and i really like the fact that you know uh, these two things are almost subterranean plot elements which really come towards the end and then you sort of understand or i understood that or right, this is what the film is about uh so i thought 
these two things really made the film for me uh, and uh, it 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 kind of for me sets the film apart from it could have been a well made but a pretty run of the mill uh, domestic drama so to speak mm-hmm. there's, there's also another longish take later in the film right when they have right, the family yeah. get family lunch and uh, where really the camera is following uh, which is unnerving really because the fam- camera is following everyone and it leads up to an explosion between dot mother and daughter both of them have a monologue each and the mother's monologue is obviously like really ellen burstin of course terrific actress and uh, that was another very powerful moment even for me and it it sort of threw me a little off track in, in the sense that i first of all i didn't expect it to happen in that way and i didn't i mean i knew that whenever there is a family lunch and in a in a sort of tragedy or a drama it's always going to come to like a meltdown at some point but i didn't <laughs> expect the meltdown be filmed that way or to be even shown that way and especially the mother to sort of have her say and normally films to tend to make the rich white mother a sort of an antagonist in a way uh, or like a, a, a sort of intellectually diminished character in these films and uh, and that that uh, that particular monologue that she had towards the end of the long take really uh, sort of put into perspective at least the way we look at these uh, you know rich girl poor boy or like sort of uh, this uh, dysfunctional marriage dramas or even with how the pa- how the parents are sort of portrayed on screen and it, it sort of changed my uh, reading of at least um, vanessa kirby's character's arc and her graph and that that was a, a, that that moment for me uh, sort of took the film from uday where you thought like the film was sort of uh, it didn't really Uh, major up i was i was sort of till that scene i was wondering if there is another way to portray a marriage breaking apart or a relationship breaking apart or grief of two almost parents in a way and i was wondering if there is a fresher way or if, if or, or if this is what humanity is like if this is how relationships are like in real life mm. you can't just make up so until that scene i was wondering that but this scene sort of changed uh, sort of resuscitated so to say my uh, my my perception of the film Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i also quite liked how i mean uh, so there is the scene uh, towards the end of the film right uh, when uh, martha is talking to her mother in a cafe and uh, there is a and there's a cousin as well uh, if there they have this a little joke about their i mean growing up years and all of that and then they sort of you know uh, hold hands uh towards the end of the shot mm. uh Martha and Elizabeth and and then it sort of cuts to i think uh i mean many years later or or at least uh she uh uh what do you call it um, i mean throwing uh, her daughter's ashes into the river and and, yeah. and then we cut to this the scene uh, of an apple tree and things like that so i mean uh, this sort of subtle circularity between you know Uh, a mother a daughter a mother a daughter you know so i mean it it just i thought i mean this one really ties its loose ends together really well and the reason uh, for tying those loose ends and the way they speak to us i i quite i quite appreciated that so uh, i mean that that's also one of the things that, that i was like aha uh-huh. 
Achha, this makes sense. So, so yeah, I mean, in, yeah, lots in of the scene, uh, little things to like in the film. Sorry. Uh, in the scene you mentioned, Rahul, the, the family dinner, Mm. uh the uh, i i think it's also uh, it's also stated i mean not stated but it's kind of hinted that uh, ellen burstyn's character is a holocaust survivor yeah as yeah. in it uh, yeah i think it's implied mm. in that and uh, i thought that was a nice sort of detail to have without sort of making it the whole point of it mm. but just letting it come out in her monologue which is scarily good and uh, it you know you can you just as a viewer you can extrapolate from that of you know how her you know how her like tough nature mm. might have you know uh, influenced martha's own childhood and her own ideas of motherhood and how difficult it might have been for her to break from her mother's ideas um I I I am guessing her mother was probably not in favor of a home birth at all and probably wanted her to go to the hospital and mm. uh, you know so she defied her for that and That's then of course mm. yeah and of course at the end where she defies her once more and mm. uh, it it can't be easy because you know it she knows what her mother sort of went through mother and grandmother went through for her to even be there uh, and i thought that's a very nice sort of thing to have like as almost a subtext not to make it a huge thing mm. just that one scene and uh, you know a mention like that uh, i thought that was uh, quite uh, was quite subtly done yeah that that i yeah that's actually a good point and i i really like the fact that you know uh, we get a sense of that subtext that these things are hinted at because obviously as you said you painted a very like uh, a correct back story in a sense uh, of their of martha's own childhood and uh, and you know about you start to get a sense of it being this film being about martha needing to be her own woman by the end of it needing to deal with her grief the way she wants to uh, not the way you know obviously her mother expects her to because her mother has obviously experienced a very different kind of grief and it's that that scene is basically a mother telling her daughter to sort of toughen up in a very crude sense like you know to sort of yeah. take it to to deal with life head on and stop covering and stop running away and as a holocaust survivor would say i and that totally goes with her character and sort of gives context to uh their ic relationship because obviously the mother was against her choice of partner also which we uh, are reminded of throughout the film and and even the way she decides to get rid of shialabov's character by just simply paying him off and telling him never to come back that's a very uh, tough as nails ruthless absolutely brutal way of going about you know sort of trying to uh, shape and control your daughter's life and i love the fact that in the end in the courtroom scene uh after martha defies a mother again it, it, you don't see the mother as you would see in most films in shock or in sadness or in sorrow or angry that she defied they, they both share a very very rise like of course uh kirby is smiling like martha is actually smiling by the end yeah. of that scene because she is actually standing not only standing up to her mother she is actually taking reins of her life and the mother to 
uh, smiles back in a very subtle manner which i really loved because it's basically a mother admiring her daughter for uh, for you know finally becoming her own person and that gives a very different context to what is going on to the whole grief uh, overview of the film and that that courtroom scene even though i thought uh, on paper it sort of might have come across as cliched and you know to to force an end to a film about grief i thought these little touches uh, you know towards the end and making it about the mother and daughter not really telling us if the relationship is repaired or not or uh, whether it needed to be repaired at all i thought you know that really added uh, to my reading and you know i find myself the more i'm talking about it right now actually the more i'm noticing and the more i'm listening to you guys the more i'm noticing all these things and it's giving me more to appreciate in the film because there's so much more below the below the home birth and the death and the tragedy and a relationship breaking apart it's so much more than that and i love that the filmmakers took the risk and made it about a lot of things rather than one single thing what did you guys make of that really uncomfortable scene uh, in the middle where uh, where shaya labuf's character tries to initiate sex with oh. martha uh, <laughs> yeah um yeah i, I think Ra- i Raul, you 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 wrote about it in your review it in the review uh given that we just learned obviously a few weeks back about you know uh, uh about uh, his ex girlfriend uh, so uh, and the allegations of abuse and which you totally believe it can be true and is probably true with someone someone as volatile and you know notoriously troubled as shaila boof and uh, you know obviously that i mean given that it happened during honey boy and after honey boy and all obviously gives totally different context to what we've been seeing of shailabu so far but that really made me feel uncomfortable in this film and what made me feel more uncomfortable is my perception of him having just known having just learnt of what he had just done or what you know what how his previous relationship was like and uh, keeping that in mind and seeing that scene uh, in a very perverse way added to this film and our uh, very unsettling uh, sort of reaction to that particular scene in this film because he is unhinged in most of his roles most of the time and we know that in real life is probably the weirdest uh, person in hollywood and and the fact that it sort of crystallized in this one particular scene uh, that to so close to you know whatever has been happening it, it really i mean there's no denying that it it sort of uh, amplified the experience of the scene for me uh for me uh i mean i did not know uh, about the allegations that uh, his ex girlfriend leveled on him recently uh, interesting but anyway so when the when the scene was going on it's 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 of course a a very uncomfortable scene but i mean honestly the first thing that came to my mind was shaila boof things you know yeah. it's just okay he's there in the film okay some shit's going to happen uh so so of course it's 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 really terrible uh i i was equally uh, left uncomfortable in a scene where he throws a gym ball at her uh, for almost no yeah, yeah. overt yeah. without any overt provocation i it is it is just way too physical in a sense so that also uh, was there uh, but going back to this scene i mean what kind of also stayed with me was 
that how seemingly normal it was in the universe of the film which also was sort of an indirect way of saying uh, how skewed their worlds have uh, their world has become or how uh, the perception of what normal is in this relation i mean of course she is really uncomfortable and all of that and uh, but i mean they decided they decide to go with it then i mean he loses it pun unintended and 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 you know whatever but but there's no real conversation about the scene after or you know it, it just i mean it kind of unfolded as you know a night in the life of 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 this couple which sort of made it even more discomforting uh when you sort of think about it that okay this kind of thing is has started to happen and it's probably not the only time that it's happened uh i mean we we only see it once but you sort of get the sense that it's it's almost uh almost a common occurrence in their lives i mean pretty disturbing scene in all yeah especially after the tragedy right like you uh yeah i mean th- that fact of the pieces sort of in the pieces of a woman because uh, i feel like before that they were still in the honeymoon phase before the birth uh, it was they were still in a rich boy poor no rich uh, rich girl poor boy sort of romance they were still in that defying sort of her rebelling against her mother in a way phase and you know by being with the most unlikely partner ever because you know blue collar and he comes from a totally different background and uh, you know hungarian immigrants and what not and and it it that broke everything for me like the tragedy and the fact that their relationship i mean i'm glad they didn't show us more of that because it really uh, and especially the fact that they cut when the gym ball hit her face they cut immediately it was the most unsettling cut for me uh, in that film because i didn't know what had hit her whether it was a chair or a gym ball or like his face or his head i, I had no idea so uh, the fact that they they sort of gave us these little snippets of their uh, relationship uh, and her seeing him for what he probably was uh, you know uh, through her and she didn't see it earlier through her rose tinted glasses uh, that yeah i mean I, i think these were very like smart additions in the film but yeah that doesn't obviously take away that that was really unsettling did you any of you because i i totally found resonance between this and sound of metal i am not sure if you guys obviously one is from a female perspective and one is from a male perspective but uh, uh, did any of you feel like there was any kind of uh, did, did did remind you of uh, sound of metal in any way just reversing the role sort of thing um not not for me though i think we have seen like in a short time maybe two of the best performances from last year yeah uh rezema uh, then sound of metal and and venessa kirby here uh it uh, this one actually i i was thinking more of like unhappy couple films like blue valentine kept coming up in my mind mm. especially yeah. with the shaila boof character and the ryan gosling character and that how they just go from like being kind of sweet enthusiastic mm. kind of people in the beginning to being yeah. these jaded uh, rough kind of nasty people uh, by the time like the relationship goes sour so mm. the that was the one film that kind of uh, occurred to me with this mm. 
ंग जर्नी in this film and i was worried that during the courtroom scene it would just go into that courtroom background score that hollywood does all the time and uh, for me short score i don't know because he's he's an i mean he's obviously one of the biggest and most experienced composers but i felt like he was the most ancient composer possible for this film <laughs> uh, for a film like this and i felt like it was the emotional intelligence of the score did not match the emotional intelligence of the film for some reason it felt like an old person scoring a young film and uh, I, i don't know it may have like not i mean it's it's a small thing it may have not sort of really distorted anyone's experience but at some points because of kirby's performance and because of actually everyone's performance in the film it sort of just stood out like a sore thumb at times i kind of agree i think someone like uh, maika levi or mm. uh, the the person who scored joker um hildor uh, yeah. what uh, i i think uh, right. both of them mm. might have you know done a score that might be a little more i don't know this felt a little like the score felt a little comforting uh, where the film is not comforting and it's confident not being a comforting film at all Mm. and uh, i think that there was a bit of as as you said a bit of dissonance uh, mm. for me also, uh, as well tanul i mean not a lot i was more or less okay uh, with the with the score at least i mean it wasn't uh, 
uh what do you call strikingly impressive for me mm. but uh it wasn't uh i mean it definitely uh wasn't dissonant for me uh for sure so Yeah, Were you my... guys surprised when it comes in the in the opening scene, as in not the opening scene but the twenty-three minute scene? Uh, there's that moment but where the score sort of comes in. Yeah, but uh, wasn't that a moment where she actually asks him to play music and he plays music and that no, doubles up uh, as the background? No, no, this is when she's in the bathtub. Ah, then right, and they kiss. Hmm. uh and then i think the score comes in uh, oh. uh the, yeah and it's uh, for me it was quite interesting i i mean that's definitely a choice because until then it hadn't really it had just been like whatever yeah. uh, whatever they had been playing whatever was playing in the apartment or whatever they were the sounds so yeah, i thought that was interesting i noticed it had come in exactly during the bathtub part but i was under the impression that that was the music that labouf's character chose to play when she said play something maybe uh, i missed that bit then which, yeah which which the midwife commented immediately saying okay that's that's an interesting choice of music to play which i thought was pretty cool uh, I have, but i may have missed that uh, yeah but that music fades then it's not yeah, there the rest of the scene. and i think uh, do, do, is there any anything at all when the baby is born like because i felt like i heard something I, i don't know if it was my head because it could have been uh, after that shot but uh, I, i don't know when the baby was born uh, just on the verge of sort of it being pulled out and then in between the baby going blue and this i i felt like i heard a score or something and i felt like it was a little odd that you know in the middle of a one take uh you're suddenly hearing a background score but i don't know it again it could adrenaline sort of playing uh, I, mind games with me. i remember something as well but again it's difficult to say whether i mean if it was my mind playing tricks but i mean i i mean the way i recollected it definitely felt like there was there was some music that was that that was happening at that point but yeah, i'm not sure yeah anyway um is there anything uh, of note you guys would like to add after because i think we pretty much dissected most of the film and uh, seen different things in the film uh, anything else um, about the film that you would really specifically want to mention or we are done i would just say watch uh, cornell's earlier film called uh, white god oh man uh, which is <laughs> i heard a lot about it it won something at can no Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or was it, it the official selection or something? It was. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It it I... won some uh, bigish thing. One of the whatever their mm. screenplay or like the second prize or whatever something it won. Mm. I yeah. remember. Because... I mean, hearing about it when it had come out, 2017 or something. I mean, a few years ago. Not. Uh, uh, it's, it's not an oldish film. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that uh, that I just never got to see. that that is an absolutely singular film it's, it's you will definitely not have seen anything like that so i uh, i recommend that in case uh, you can find mm. that somewhere uh, yeah. then yeah should yeah. watch white god yeah that's nice it's actually a great uh, suggestion and yeah that's a good way to, and also white god I, I, at least according to me has 
one of the best film posters i've seen in the last 10 years so uh, <laughs> without so giving a poster please look it up <laughs> it's just amazing and pretty much give you a very faint idea of what the film is about but anyway yeah. uh yeah so i think uh, that that was that was fun and that was it really did reveal a lot of layers of uh, pieces of a woman uh, for me too and to an extent where i wish i could rewrite the review too but the best part about you know being a film writer these days is we can keep writing follow up pieces <laughs> after this so uh, yeah so thanks uday uh, and tanul for joining me hopefully we'll be back soon discussing another very award worthy film uh, till then uh, see you guys later